And it's the Jim Meskimen Podcast. Thanks for listening on this. uh, It's in July of uh, 2016. I think it's the 21st of July. And uh, momentous things happening, as always. Seems like the country's in a bit of a frenzy, but that's, that's really just the media. If you look closely, it's just the media. The same old troublemakers. But uh, we have to somehow do business with these people. And we have to somehow do business with each other and live a peaceful life. best way I know to live a peaceful life is, is not to fight the people who are making things complex. But uh, just create more peace. Create more art. Create more music. Create more theater. Create more film. And uh, unfortunately, a couple days ago, we lost uh, another great creator of space and comedy and uh, lightheartedness, the great Gary Marshall, who uh, I've known since uh, uh, I was really a teenager. Uh, Gary Marshall was the creator and producer of Happy Days. He wrote the first episodes. He worked with the writers. He was a very hands-on producer. And... um, you know, he changed my family's life completely. And I was, when I heard about him passing, actually my mother told me that he, she went to the hospital to visit him. She'd received a call and uh, that Ron Howard was also there. And uh, so I knew that he was, he was failing a couple of nights ago. And then um, later that evening, I noticed that he started trending on Twitter, which is the... Um, the equivalent of the bell ringing these days to signal that a great man is, has gone. And uh, I began to think about Gary and all he meant to me and my life. And I realized I'm, I, the main thing is that, I mean, he means a lot to me, even though we had very little contact, uh, really. I, we were not close friends. I know he knew who I was. And uh, he hired me a couple times for films. I played a couple of roles in, in some of his films a while ago. And, of course, he saw me grow up, frankly, as a teenager to uh, till uh, just a little while ago. Uh, last time I saw Gary was when he was uh, probably two years ago or maybe two years, maybe less, when he was releasing uh, his latest set of memoirs about Hollywood and Happy Days. And uh, we went to hear him speak and get an autographed copy of the book. But I began to think, you know, I'm I am as... Loosely connected to Gary Marshall as I am, and as intensely grateful to Gary Marshall as I am, there are thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands of people, who have uh, an equally uh, affectionate relationship with this guy. And then there are the millions that aren't even aware of his contribution to their lives because they don't really know from directors and writers. Uh, but he has left his stamp on the American culture in a way that I think is a good lesson for, you know, this, the succeeding generations to take a look at. Here was a man who had a talent for writing, had a talent for comedy, and he found his way in along a path of of service, really, of figuring out what was needed, beginning with, I believe, the Danny Thomas show. And then uh, always looking to see how people were responding to his work, looking to see how he could please the larger public. And whatever you say about you know him being a kind of a mainstream director, a mainstream writer, 
he came to it from a very good place, I think. And in knowing him and, and being a part of his world, at least in a very ancillary way, I can say that you know he really tried to set out to please people and to make people laugh in a, in a very pure and, and honest way. And, you know, he had a theater background as he grew up in the theater. His mom ran, a, I believe, a dance school uh, and a little theater. And so uh, and his whole family was involved in the arts. And he hired, as he, get, as he got popular and successful himself, he was able to hire his sister and hire his father and, and, uh, and use the people in his family. Penny Marshall really got her start, of course, through Gary and Ronnie, his other sister, Ronnie Hallen. And I remember going to, going to the set on, in the Happy Days years, and, and he would always uh, he would say a few words to the audience. He didn't do the warm-up. He certainly could have, but um, he was pretty busy. Uh, but he would always always introduce his father that was inexplicably up in the booth doing, uh, you know, producing some sort of aspect of the show, Tony Marshall. So, uh, and of course, his sons and daughters uh, are all involved in the business. But I just think it's worth it to, and I know I'm not the only person talking about this right now, and uh, I, I, I'm quite aware that uh, that it's it's a very popular topic, this man, who really was a giant. Uh, and when you think about, it, I mean, just one show, just take The Odd Couple uh, with Tony Randall and Jack Klugman, and that contribution was huge. Um, audiences may not remember it uh, so much if you're under a certain age, but that was a hilariously funny, groundbreaking, and very successful show. And they had uh, easily, I don't know, half a dozen more, eight more shows. It's astonishing, an astonishing career of laughter, making people feel great and and having an easy time and doing what entertainment is supposed to do, which is divert you from your troubles, give you, you know, a breather and make you feel more cheerful than when you walked in the theater and noticed how sticky the floors were. Gary operated that way in life as well, as anyone who's close to him will tell you. He was very funny. He was very engaging and warm and polite and calm. And and this is a thing, too, that the that we younger generation people in the business always need to do a little bit better at, and that is respecting one another and respecting people and using good manners, acknowledging that people have value and worth, and trying to create entertainment that that really speaks to that and speaks to the fact that the people are good and that they can, I don't know, that they can uh, live a more uh, prosperous and meaningful sort of life. A lot of entertainment these days seems to be kind of uh, you know, pandering to uh, our lesser sensibilities, our love of force and violence and, you know, explosions and gratuitous elements. Uh, and Gary's work never did that. I was in a movie called The Other Sister. I worked for about a week on the movie, which was a delightful film. I highly, highly recommend. And last time I saw Gary, as he spoke at this book signing, he said that it was his favorite of his films. I don't know if you always made that claim, but I was... He, he didn't need to say it uh, for my benefit. And I think it's my favorite of his films, too, not because of my own participation, but because it's such a gentle, dear, solid uh, show. And uh, Juliet Lewis stars with uh, my friend Giovanni Ribisi. And 
they're terrific. Those those kids, and they were kids back then, did a great job of playing mentally challenged adults who, who were falling in love and wanted to take more responsibility for their lives and uh, live on their own and, and pursue their own happiness without, you know, being stigmatized or, you know, too restricted by, by their parents, who, you know, people trying to keep them safe. And it is a delightful tale and a very meaningful tale and, uh, and a damn funny movie, you know. You, you just really laugh hard. It's delightful. But um, also Giovanni and Juliet, both of them, these two magnificent actors, they did a, just a swell, swell job. And I know that Gary gave them a lot of latitude and a lot of leeway and stayed out of their way for the most part. But he wrote uh, the beautiful script, I believe, with Bob Brunner. And uh, it was a very sensitive, very gorgeous script. So I recommend that one very highly. So my ex- earliest experience that I can remember uh I must have met him on the set of Happy Days when I was 12 or 13, when it was still, uh, you know, a very, very brand new, very uh, on the edge kind of show, single camera, not in front of a live audience. Um, I certainly didn't know anything from what is a, you know, what is a TV show? You know, what makes it a, a hit show? It wasn't a hit show for quite a while. It had to kind of grow and find its audience. Um, but he was so clever, you know, he wrote this uh, pilot. They produced the pilot. And I discovered from reading his first memoir, Wake Me When It's Funny, which, by the way, is a terrific read. And I highly recommend that book, Wake Me When It's Funny by Gary Marshall. It's about his early years and getting started. And it is a very capable um, explanation of how do you pursue uh, a career in writing, in directing, and in acting. Uh, so it's it's useful. It's not just a bunch of anecdotes. It's actually some very useful information that doesn't matter if we're in the digital Twitter, social media uh, period of, of Earth's history. Uh, it, it will Those basics that he talks about, the fundamentals, uh, apply and will apply from here on out. He was a very tall, uh, skinny figure, sportsman. He loved to play basketball and softball. I s- certainly saw evidence of that. And I remember very well when I used to come to the tapings of Happy Days, uh, how warm and generous he was. Here's another thing that I have to say that, that is a, sort of an unsung bit of heroism and another way, subtle way, that Gary Marshall improved the world in a very noticeable way because he took responsibility for people. He's treated people as family members. And what does that mean? Does that mean you're just nice and smile to them and get them a birthday present? Well, he went far beyond that because what Gary did was when all those extremely successful young actors in Happy Days, Ron Howard, Don Most, Anson Williams, and the sky-high Henry Winkler, who was like Elvis in the 70s and 80s, when they were all making tons of money and tons of attention and, and were you know really the, the coin of the realm, uh, it was also the height of what was a, a drug epidemic in America, which is arguably still going on. And during the hiatus period, uh, when Happy Days was not shooting, Gary was concerned about these guys and all their money and their free time. So he conspired to get them all to do sports by having the Happy Days softball team tour around the country and, and in some cases the world uh, for years during the summer breaks. This is where the Happy Days cast would be. And my mother included, and Tom Bosley included, and other ancillary people that were kind of on the sidelines, like Rob Reiner and uh, uh, other people like that. There's no one like Rob Reiner, but you know what I mean. 
And I was happened to go. I went a couple times uh, and and kind of coincided with the Happy Days softball team. It was a really fun group to hang around with. I didn't get to play, but I was not much of an athlete. And these guys were serious about their softball, especially the twenty somethings. Uh, Ron Howard and his brother Clint. That was another person like Rob Reiner who came along and wasn't in the show. The writers, uh, Freddie Fox, Lowell Gans, Babalu Mandel, people like this that loved to. Uh, to hit the long ball. They would uh, hit these long fly balls and call them Texas leaguers. And, uh, and they let my mom play. And she would, she would try to hit, and she would sometimes get a good hit. In fact, mom has some wonderful souvenirs, uh, some little notes that Gary wrote her about, Marion, you saved the day. You, you, it's so wonderful that you can supplement your baseball career by being uh, an actress. It's so good. Something like that. And, uh, so they would tour around, and one time I went with them, or met up with them, I think, in uh, Milwaukee. I was driving around the country with a friend, and we happened to uh, drop in on them for some needed free food. And uh, I don't know how this got arranged, but I, I probably my mother wanted Gary to talk to me, you know, in a fatherly way about my future. And, and at that time, I wanted to be a cartoonist or an illustrator or something. So I had a little portfolio with me. And I remember my mom said, Gary said, you know, Gary said he will talk to you. He would like to talk to you. And I'm not sure how she put it. I'm sure it was in very, very, you know, to make me feel important. And I went down. And for some reason, I remember being on the team bus. They actually traveled by a, a nice bus. Uh, and Gary was sitting there at the, at the little table. And uh, he said, sit down, sit down. And and he looked at my artwork. He looked at my artwork and spent time with me there in the bus. And he, I believe, had gone to Northwestern. And so, and he had also, I believe, wanted to be a, in journalism originally. And so he had some affinity for the area of like editorial cartoons and, and this sort of uh, illustration. And so he looked at my work and <laughs> my work, which was, you know, me trying to imitate Mort Drucker of Mad Magazine more often than not. And he was very, I just remember, it was very charitable, very encouraging. And he gave me about 10, 15 minutes of his time when we talked about things. And, and that meant a lot to me. You know, when you're a young person and, and, and a significant older, you know, an adult who's a successful adult and a, a celebrity will spend time with you to talk about your future, it's incredibly meaningful. So you add that on to the fact that he probably did that with a lot of young people, a lot of people in his circle. Add that to the fact that he was basically salvaging these, uh, these rich hot shots who uh, could have been blowing you know, tens of thousands of dollars on cocaine or whatever the drug du jour was, instead getting them involved in keeping their bodies fit and playing softball for people and traveling around and keeping their nose clean and keeping out of trouble, uh, saving their lives, allowing them to go forward. And then we get to have a Ron Howard who has survived I mean, Ron Howard's dodged a couple of bullets. Child actor, first of all, is a is a big bullet that that was aimed right at his head, and uh, because of his beautiful parents, he dodged that. And then uh, he was a teen idol, to some degree, you know, as an actor. Man, he dodged that bullet, and I believe that's a lot to be said for the the um, compassion of Gary Marshall, and the uh, creativity of Gary Marshall in doing that. And so we have. You know, the subsequent 40 years of Ron Howard films uh, as, a, as a very, you know, very real result of that charitableness. 
actually quite a few directors came out of the Happy Days years. It, I started to try to count them once, and it was in the high teens of people that uh, came out of the either the writing staff or the acting um, roles of uh, of Happy Days and went on to become feature film directors of greater or lesser success. Ron Howard, of course, being the, the, the most stellar one. But there were lots, 17, 18 people that came out. That also, I think, speaks to a sort of friendliness and a tolerance on, on the set uh, because these people obviously, I don't know, they wanted to do something that they saw uh, might be an expansion to their careers and uh, they certainly didn't feel squashed. They went ahead and expanded, and I think Gary Marshall did something along those lines, too, to help those people, and uh, certainly set a good example himself. Gary changed our family's life in a very powerful way when he hired Marion Ross, my mother, to become a Marion Cunningham, named the character after my mother, liked the name, and really cemented her relationship there. She was in the pilot. Uh, there was a different husband. Harold Gould played Tom Bosley's role, and uh, there were a couple extra people that weren't that didn't make it. Marion made it across, so he fought for her, is what I hear, and uh, he's, that was a a really nice thing to do, and also a very savvy thing to do because she really brought a lot to that role, and I think he knew what a good actress she was, and could appreciate good acting because that's where he you know his background was. He's an observant guy. My mom was telling me today how how observant Gary was and how much he relied on that and how difficult it was when he became famous to just kind of sneak around and be a, a silent observer, um, an invisible guy. He couldn't be invisible after a certain point. Uh, so our life got changed a lot. I mean, the very house that I'm in right now, I don't think we would own. Uh, I wouldn't live here if it wasn't for Gary Marshall. Uh, because my mother, who knows? I mean, she was a single mom. It was rough for her uh, raising two kids after the divorce. And uh, she, of course, had huge aspirations of being a real star. And so also her own intention was one of the things that powered her career and, and gave us the life that we had. But But Gary Marshall, you know, he's the one who wrote the story, wrote the role, fought for her to be in it, made the show as good as it could be, made it a hit for 11 years, 11 seasons. Uh, pretty remarkable. So I'm grateful. And as I said, uh, I'm aware that I'm far from the only person that feels this way about Gary Marshall. Uh, I'm sure if you just search around, uh, there will be a lot of people that have even even warmer, even dearer, even more intimate, uh, more grateful things to say than I do. I mean, I'm just sort of on the outskirts, and I already, you know, owe him so much. Even even at our wedding, Tamara and I were married 30 years ago. He, Gary Marshall was very generous with the, the wedding gifts. He gave us a, a lot of silver, as I recall, which we were extremely grateful for. Somebody bought some of our silver service? Awesome. We were so happy about it. Uh, later on, he hired me. I auditioned for him to be in um, a couple of movies. I was in a, a movie called Dear God with Greg Kinnear. That was the second and final movie that I, I did with him in uh, around 1996. And I dug up a letter that he wrote to me, which also shows what a mensch this guy is. He said, Dear Jim, working with you on my film, Dear God, was a terrific experience. 
Unfortunately, the role you played was edited considerably from the movie due to the fact that I shot so much more film that could possibly be in the final cut. I wanted to personally tell you the size of your creative contribution to the making of the film is not in proportion with what ultimately is on the screen when it is released. A nice sentence, but I do mean it. So thank you for being an important part of Dear God, and I hope we work together again. Sincerely, Gary Marshall. So that's a nice letter. I like how he says, a nice sentence, but I do mean it. So he cared enough to write a letter like that. Obviously, he writes, I know he feels for actors, and when they don't get in his movie or when their part gets cut, he knows how that feels, and so he makes sure that uh, that he acknowledges them in such a kind and, and uh, a wonderfully validating way. Well, a giant has left the stage, Gary Marshall, uh, and... I think we're only going to start, like, unfortunately, so many people, once they leave, like Prince, or even last year, like the great actor Jeffrey Lewis, uh, I begin to realize, oh, my gosh, we had no idea what we had there. They're so uh, present. They're so alive and so vital. You think they're going to be there forever. And then once they depart, uh, like Robin Williams, indeed, you realize what a void is left. And... It also points to us shouldering that what's left. How can we be like that? How can we be as valuable to mankind as that? Through the arts, which is our choice. That's our chosen field. And uh, Gary Marshall set a stellar sky-high example of what it means to be a mensch, to be a creator, to be a provider for your family. Uh, He was an excellent, excellent provider. And to help to keep the culture uh, going towards survival, towards cheerfulness, towards uh, enterprise, and all those things that we really respect about an individual. How to keep a culture pleasant. How to keep America. People talk about, let's keep America great. Let's make America pleasant. Let's make it a nice country to talk to, to get along with, and to see what they're doing. Uh, So we can, you know, all coexist and stuff like that. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks to Jeff Levin for the theme music. And I'll talk to you all again real soon.